Vaughn, thank you for bringing us headlines, Lagos. I am Sandra Ezekwesili. And you're listening to Hard Facts still on 99.3 Nigeria Info. How can you protect your accounts from fraud? How can you protect your accounts from fraud? It seems like every other week there's a story of an unsuspecting Nigerian getting defrauded. Somebody finds a way to gain access into their account, uh, their bank account, drain it and it's it's a it's a cycle that seems unending and it brings me to our big hard fact today according to a report from FITC bank customers suffered 67,878 cases of fraud in the first half of 2022 losing 2.27 billion naira FITC is an organization made up of the CBN, um, NDIC, and the banks. And they put out these regular reports um, into various aspects of, uh, of um, the, the state of banking um, in the country. This, this report is from 2023, actually, not 2022. My apologies. And this one was specifically about fraud. Almost 70,000 cases in the first half. Uh, it's, 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 it's crazy. And some of those victims are listeners of Hard Facts. Two, uh, two weeks ago, we, actually it was last week that we spoke to Titi. Titi lost an unthinkable amount of money. 4.5 million naira um, just drained from her account. And um, I remember that when she called, we just made it like an entire conversation. Okay, well, what can we do to protect ourselves from fraud you know, with the banks? And my guest today is here to tell us what we can do, right? How do these scams happen? What are the vulnerabilities? What steps should we be taking day to day to protect our accounts, to protect our money? Because the entire reason that our money is in the bank is so that our money stays safe in the bank. So um, my guest is the chairman of uh, Committee of uh, Chief Information Security Officers of Nigeria Financial Institutions, CCISONFI. Fesis Amede, thank you for joining us on the show. Thank you, Sandra. Hmm. It's nice meeting, being with you. Yes. Lagos, we want to hear from you as well. What questions do you have about protecting your accounts, protecting your cards? 0700-993-993-993-01465-7190. Now, we hear so many cases of people getting unauthorized debits on their bank accounts. Festus, what are the most common ways that fraudsters gain the ability to make transfers from a person's account. All right, Ed. Sandra, thank you for this uh, program. Like you um, introduced the program, a lot of uh, customers have complained about this and uh, it's becoming a worrisome case because the issue with fraud is that they always follow the money. So when there are financial transactions, frauds are bound to happen. It's just that the rate is quite high. And uh, from what we have seen in the industry, uh, there are different ways in which these fraudsters are actually getting uh, um, access to this account. And most of the, some of the common ways they use start with uh, social engineering. Of course, when we talk about social engineering, we are talking ab about different ways in which a, uh, a fraudster can trick a customer to release sensitive information that is required for transaction without the initial intention of doing such. And what do I mean by that? So 
so we have seen cases whereby the fraudsters will um, maybe let's even take the case of uh, social media ch uh, channels, being it Instagram, being it Twitter handle, being it WhatsApp. You see a situation whereby maybe a, a valid customer had gone to a bank or a fintech um, Instagram page to make a complaint. And when this complaint comes in, perhaps those complaints were not attended on time. The fraudsters were also listening to those conversations. They quickly bring up an, uh, a lookalike handle that they've created already for this purpose. So from there, they cannot chat that customer that we are having uh, that was having issues. And from there, they take over the conversation as if they are the uh, institution uh, company representative. Hmm. And through that, because the customer actually went to those sites to lay complaint, they will easily give out information to those fraudsters, thinking that they are talking to the bank or the fintech rep. Hmm. It can also be an email that they've sent. This email could be like a promo email. It could be an email that they are requested to now click a link because of a promo too true to be uh, uh, too good to be true. And we always advise that when an email uh, or such conditions that are too good to be true, you just have to assume that they are false and try to avoid being a victim because it's better to avoid debate than to struggle with the hook. So such emails, we announce promo. It could be a Black Friday. It could be one loan. It could be any other thing. And an unsuspecting customer will click on a link in that email. And before you know that link, will now be asking you to either register. Before you know, your banking details are requested through those channels. And customers will give them out. Then it could also be a link you will click and a malware, a malicious uh, program will be installed on your device. And this malicious program has the potentials of sitting there in your device to actually study all that you have been doing and harvesting details, your transaction details. Then there are cases of fraudsters coming up with loan or say, oh, government is giving up a grant. Maybe there's an announcement of a grant or whatever. Like today, the federal government has, uh, like now, federal government has announced that they will be giving out 8,000 Naira monthly to about 12 million customers. Hmm. Before you know it, there will be a lot of fraudulent messages of how you can subscribe for such palliatives and people will actually be, will be defrauded. Because like I mentioned earlier, fraud always follow the forms. So having given all these details, and what are these details? These details could be the BVN number, that is the bank verification number, which is very, very important. It could be an account number. It could be date of birth. It could be phone number. It could be email address. It could be card number. It could be your PIN, because some of them might, might be like, uh, they, are, uh, they are representative of a bank and they find out that, oh, there was a breach on your account. And for you to, and your account has been blocked. They will use words that will make you act immediately without thinking. Hmm. So your account has been blocked. And if you want to continue to enjoy the financial services of the bank, you need to confirm your details. Because they've harvested any of these details I mentioned, uh, from initial uh, phishing activity or social engineering activity to be specific, because if it could be phishing, 
which is by email, it could be vision, which is by voice, it could be angular fishing, which is through social media and all that. So having harvested those uh, information, they could now they can now send you, call you to say, okay, oh, your account has been blocked. And for us to for you to continue to use the services of the bank, you need to either act or submit a detail. So at that point, they would have even initiated maybe tying a mobile device to your account. Hmm. And they will now, and that procedure, for it to be secured so that there will be no repudiation, so that somebody will not say, uh, a customer will not come back to say, I'm not the one that initiated it. The banks or the fintech normally send OTP, that is one-time password, to such customers. Mm-hmm. If customers will initiate it, they've given you all the story that this is what can happen to your account if you don't act. And they will tell you a code has been sent to your mobile device. Kindly give us that code to complete the resolution of the issue. And they were just, they just, all they just said is to get that code and finalize linking their mobile device to your account. Hmm. And when they've done that, because they've stolen some of the account details through the initial social engineering uh, tactics. They can continue to now use your PIN and your and your device to continue to have access to your account without your your, your knowledge. Now, of course, how how do they do that? Because um, I, I'm thinking about Titi now, who called us and, and told us that uh, 4.5 million was um, siphoned from her account. Um, in a situation where they send you the OTP, let's say you you have no conversation whatsoever with uh, the fraudsters, right? And you get an OTP request and you did not um, initiate a transaction that should uh, um, um, activate a request for OTP, but you get the OTP request, you don't do anything with it, and then you immediately start to get alerts, debit alerts on your phone. What happened there? If this person did not call me to ask me for my OTP verbally, if I'm the one with my phone and I got the OTP request before I started getting the debits, what happened there? Okay, I think there are two cases here. Uh, The good thing is that some customers were very sincere enough to remember some of the incidents they have had before those alerts start coming. Uh, We have seen uh, some of the customer requests showing that, oh, I actually clicked a link and all of it, uh, after some time, I discovered that I was having a debit alert to my account. Hmm. Some also sincere to tell you that actually they received a call claiming to come from their bank. And because they claim to come from their bank, they released some of the sensitive information and this were used to debit the account. Mm-hmm. Of course, some customers will also tell you, no, no, I didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. I just saw a lot coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, another possibility, you know, in technology, there are many uh, vulnerabilities that could be exploited. If a malware is already sitting in your, on your phone mm-hmm. and that malware can pick any messages that comes to the phone, mm-hmm. it's possible that there is also a malicious program that are stealing details and these details could not be used to get access or to hack into your account. I think on the cost customers, as much as possible, we will plead that they try they should be sincere because it will help us to unravel most of the things that are happening behind the scene.
Okay. Lagos, of course, join the conversation 0700-993-993-993-01465-7190. So he says that for customers who swear that they did not click on any links, they did not share their data with anyone, they did not make any calls to anyone, um, what may be the problem there is that um, you may um, have some sort of malware that has been installed on your device that is able to uh, collate information that these fraudsters eventually use and um, wreck your life. If you just tuned in, I'm here with uh, the chairman of uh, committee of chief information security officers of Nigeria financial institutions. And uh, he's here today answering questions about how you can protect your accounts from fraud. You know, Festus, um, security experts often talk about two-factor authentication or 2FA as a way to protect your devices, protect some apps. What is that? What is 2FA? Where does it apply in terms of the cybersecurity for your bank accounts? All right. Thank you, Sandra. Uh, 2FA is very, very important. And prior to now, before the increase in fraud, what people were used to is just have your PIN which is one factor. Mm-hmm. So that two F, it means two-factor authentication. Mm-hmm. So because somebody can easily steal your PIN, say you go to a, PO, uh, a POS a merchant and you are making a payment using a POS, at the point of uh, typing in your PIN, which is four-digit PIN, mm-hmm. somebody can easily pick that PIN. Or you go to an ATM location to use uh, the ATM mm-hmm. and you type in your PIN. Somebody mm-hmm. can easily steal those PIN. Mm-hmm. And that is why CBN, when they saw the situation on ground, they felt that it is important that banks use another factor. This time around, which is not a traditional PIN, so it has to do with what you know as one of the factors and possibly what you have. And when I say what you have, it could be a hardware token, whereby you cannot press the token to arise. it. Uh, you will not have a six-digit PIN, as the case may be, mm-hmm. not further authorize the transaction. Mm-hmm. Why it is very, very important to use 2FA is that most cases, they are one-time passwords. So one-time password, meaning that the six-digit I'm using now is not the six-digit I will use in the next minute if I press the same token. Or if I initiate another transaction and the bank is sending an electronic uh, one-time password to me, the code the bank will send to me now will be different from the code I will receive in the next transaction. So those are the uh, two-factor authentication that are token based. Like I said, two factor is you, you can say two different uh, type of authentication. Mm-hmm. It could also be biometric. That okay, you will put a pin and you now put your fingerprint. So in that case, but you know that there are limitations with uh, fingerprint failures and all that. Even though yes, you have up to eighty percent accuracy. But because of some of those challenges, uh, maybe at older age, your biometric, especially for finger, might not be authentic enough. 
So the easiest way has to be OTP. Mm. Some they can even use your iris to authenticate your transaction. Mm -hmm. So those are some various biometric you can use. So combining a biometric or an OTP with a PIN give you the two-factor authentication. Okay. Do most do most banking apps offer this? Yes. So most banking apps offer this. But there's also a challenge because for every um, solution, you might have some inherent challenges. Okay. And the challenge could be that, oh, for hardware token, I can't be carrying my hardware token anywhere I go to. Right. For OTP that I will send to SMS, that OTP might be lost in the network. Oh, in my network provider. So to avoid such failures, right. banks have also said that, fine, uh, a customer can also choose to say, I will not use this OTP, but rather I will not use two-factor. Rather, I will continue to use my PIN. But for me to continue to use my PIN, I need to use the two-factor to authorize that so that going forward, I will use my PIN. Hmm. So, yes, for ease of transaction, PIN is faster. Just mm -hmm. maybe four or how many digits mm -hmm. and off you go without... Mm -hmm. Waiting for the network to send you an OTP. OTP, yes. Waiting for the network to, uh, waiting for uh, saying that you forgot your hardware token at home. Yeah. So I think those were just the challenges that because of ease of use, people prefer just pin put a pin in. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. We have lots of people trying to join the conversation. Let's uh, let them in. Zero seven zero zero nine nine three nine nine three nine nine three zero one four six five seven one nine zero. Hello. Thanks for calling us. Hello, Sandra. How are you? What's your name, yeah, sir? Fine. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Yeah, this is Bella speaking from Mojo. Welcome. Talk to me. Yes, uh, I've been thinking about this for a while now. Thanks for this. Uh, um, um, issue I think that just come up um, with uh, giving people, you know, uh, orienting people on how to get their details. But I think we are not thinking, it, it, that was it, I went to bank. I would say, like, these people working in the bank, and we feel form every day, we put our um, names, the number, um, um, BVN, and so on and so forth like that. Mm. And we just leave the form with them there. Mm. With time, these people, they might not be working with the bank again, they go to other places. I mean, is it not dangerous for us to be giving all those details in the bank, even in, in, in the the communication uh, uh, offices as well? They ask all these uh, biometric information for you to fill a form, and you leave the form with them there. Your name, your bank name, your um, the number you used to open your bank, billion and so on. I mean, let them talk on this. Is it safe? For us to be, for the bank, bank uh, officials to be asking of this uh, 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 biometric information to fill form and leave the form with them there. Is it safe? Thank you. All right. Thank you very much. Is it safe to fill forms at the bank? <laughs> Festus, is it? Okay, okay fine. Uh, the issue of filling bank forms and uh, imputing these details, uh, is it safe? Yes, I think it is safe, and I believe it's safe. That being said, uh, the bank can also be a source of this compromise we're talking about. Okay. Because as a bank, you know, the bank is a name, but the staff that are working in the bank, they might not have the same character. Mm. So you might not rule out a situation whereby even a bank staff 
who has a valid access to some of this information, of course, PIN is not there. I'm just talking about the KYC information. Mm -hmm. Can also sell out this information to a friend who is involved in a froster, uh, who is a froster. Mm. You never can rule that out. out. right? And that is why we say that because there are many ways this information can be leaked. Right. Ultimately, at the point of attaching a mobile device or consummating a transaction of higher volume, right. it is very, very important that we stick to two-factor authentication because your initial detail will have been compromised. Apart from the bank, you find out today you are buying stock that asking for your BVN. Mm -hmm. You want to even rent a house. Landlord is asking you for your BVN. Mm -hmm. so you you want to do police service certificates. They are asking BVN. for BVN. Yes. BVN. Mm -hmm. So this information and what other is account number. Your account number is openly displayed on your check. Though check is not that common anymore in this time because of mobile. Yeah. Yes. But you go to uh, you want to use a POS. Your card pan, the card number, is on the card there. And anything would have happened. So there are many, there are definitely we've abused this information. Not just because we gave it to the bank, because even when you give it to the bank, bank also make it to be available for ease of use. And customer with um, Nigerian Data Protection Commission position, you may, customer can also request that this information I've given you as a bank allow a fintech or allow another bank to have access to, to it. it yes. So that I give this information to bank does not mean that that information is only available in that bank. So from what you're saying to me, the banks share a lot of liability when my money goes missing in their care. Yes. So bank shares a lot of liability, especially when the regulator seeing the challenges have also tried to protect the customers. Mm. Even when customers, we have seen situations whereby every evidence available suggests that that customer was the one and even that device was the one that was used to consummate the transaction. Mm. But we are talking of reputational damages here, mm. a situation whereby somebody gave you his or her money in trust mm -hmm. and the person is now at the comfort of her home. Some money are leaving the account. Mm -hmm. It could be painful. I, I listened to a case of a woman who is a pensioner. The only thing I saw in her own case is that the sincerity that I gave out my detail. Okay, we'll come back to that story. We, we have to take a break. We'll come back to that story in a bit. Lagos, yeah. I'm Sandra Ezekwesili. We'll take this break very shortly. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Listening to your number one station for talk. Your number one station for talk. 99.3 Nigeria Info. Let's talk. How can you protect your accounts from fraud? That's the question we're asking on today's show. And um, according to a report from FITC, bank customers suffered 67,878 cases of fraud in the first half of this year, losing 2.72 
billion naira. My guest is chairman of committee of chief information security officers of Nigeria Financial Institutions CCI SONFI Festus Amede and he's been talking to us today about how you can protect your account from fraud. Before the break he was telling us a story of a woman who uh, during investigations into how money missed from her account admitted that she gave out details to her account and the reason he started telling us that story is because i asked him well how much liability um you know do the banks uh you know how much how much liability are the banks under when money from my account goes missing because there's a reason that money isn't under my bed in my house there's a reason that money is in the bank and the reason it's in the bank is because i've been told year after year after year that that's the safest thing to do with my money why is it that now um you know if i put that money in the bank i am risking somebody else getting access to that money and why is it that when that somebody gets access to that money that i've put in the bank it doesn't seem like the bank is very um uh, what's the word I'm looking for now? Very invested in helping me get to the bottom of that problem, helping me get my money back. Um, you know, what's what's happening with that situation, Festus? All right, thank you. So in, in that situation, uh, the woman sent in an email requesting for assistance hmm. that um, the bank should assist her to recover her money because her pension has gone. Hmm. This started after she got a call that um, they needed to help her. She was thinking that she thought that the call came from the bank hmm. and she has to release even the OTP she received. And after that incident, she now saw that she was just getting the bit alert. Hmm. I think the most important thing from what we have been discussing before is that um, uh, Anybody could be compromised or social, anybody can be a victim of social engineering. Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, we all own a duty to secure ourselves. So we have to be very, very careful to look at the emails we get. I, am I expecting this email? Why am I clicking this link? Especially for promos. You might want to watch a football and in course of doing that, you click a link thinking you are going to a free online streaming site. Unfortunately, you have uh, you have given uh, cyber criminals access to your system hmm. and they could steal your information. Like I mentioned before, some of them could be uh, promos. Either a Black Friday, somebody will tell you that what is sold for 8000 is now $100 or $200. Mm -hmm. It's not interested in the other uh, 800 It's interested in harvesting your information. So when something is too good to be true, assume it's false. Mm. And be very, very careful so that you don't fall victim of this cyber criminal. Having said that, customers should understand that the bank, the bank keep on communicating this in every opportunity they have to say your bank will never call you to ask you for your PIN, to ask you for your BVN, to ask you for any of your banking details. When you get such uh, calls, please avoid it. We have seen cases of uh, WhatsApp messages 
whereby a code will be sent to you. Some of you, some of them will even tell you there's a church program and there's a meeting by six, a code has been sent to you. If you are the one that sent the code to me because you're organizing the program, mm -hmm. why are you not asking me to give you the code? So these are things we should be mindful of because that code, that code is very, very important. And that is what we spoke about two-factor mm -hmm. and the and the OTP that you have gotten. Mm -hmm. On no account should somebody release this OTP to a third party. OTP should be highly protected. So uh, uh, banks are, are investing and will continue to do more, both on awareness, on security of this information, to ensure that the frauds are reduced. Now, um, let's say that um, somehow I was careless with my details, right? Mm -hmm. And now someone has stolen some money from my account. Is that money gone for good? Is that what you're saying to me? Are there options that are available to me as a bank customer to get my money back? Okay, there are options available to you. And indeed, some people have gotten their money back. What are these options? And these options is one. Because your phone is very, very, uh, is like your bank now. Mm. Always make sure your phone is by you. The moment you notice an alert, unsolicited alert, quickly block your account. I know some banks have codes. One of the popular ones, the 966 star 911 hash, mm. will block your account from further debits. And another thing also is response. When money is moved out, our response time is very, very key. In every incident, even aside fraud. So as soon as you notice this fraud, please call your bank immediately or somebody you can reach in that bank or the, fint or the fintech mm. to say, I'm getting an, a debit alert, which I did not subscribe to. Mm. Can you quickly? So that the bank, today the bank fraud desk have that alliance with every other fraud desk, mm. whereby immediately they will call other banks to say, hey, a social bank left my customer's account and they've gone to you. Mm. So, and the other bank can quickly say, oh, some of them they were able to block. Some of them they are not able to block. And the bank also need to do more. We've been encouraging banks. Let us ensure that we obey all those limits that has been set for different KYC. Mm. Because we also have cause to believe that most of these proceeds of this fraud, either they are taken away as dollars because they transfer to BDC and BDC give out dollar and the BA, the bank will say, oh, that customer is not a fraudulent customer. He has been doing BDC. Hmm. And we are saying for large amount, BDC operators should make sure they get detail before uh, parting with uh, funds. And for banks also, they have to, as much as possible, respect the limit that CBN has defined on different uh, account uh, tiers. So that, so that the loss will be reduced. Because if this money ends up in an account that has a BVN, hmm. with the BVN, you can also trace and get to that recipient 
to ensure that that money is recovered. Hmm. But you must report to your bank. But please, anybody that is reporting to the bank should be sincere enough. Even if you are the one that made a mistake, where the banks are willing to help, just tell them exactly what happened. It will help. And also the time. Report quickly. Then try to find out from your bank which code, USSD code I mean now, can I use to block my account? Should there be any uh, illegal transaction? Illegal mm. transaction or, or what? You know, it, in banks in some countries in the West, um, once there's like a, a fraudulent transaction or a transaction that the bank suspects is mm-hmm. fraudulent, um, the bank, you know, blocks tra- further transactions on the account and and issues you a refund and then starts investigations. Why do we not have a similar system here in Nigeria? Yeah, we have a similar system, but the majority of that system and the environment where we are is the difference. Hmm. Now, we have systems that identify fraud based on the frequency. But there are fraudulent transactions, the only single transaction that, that has not fallen into that pattern. As a result, it was not even blocked. Hmm. But for the ones that maybe the money, the rate at which the money was leaving the account in a space of five or 10 minutes, mm-hmm. you are seeing multiple transactions and the customer has not done such a transaction. Mm-hmm. The few ones went through, but others were prevented from going through. Hmm. Unfortunately, you don't hear about those. The ones you hear are the ones that maybe, some of them are, might be two or three transactions, hmm. which the fraud uh, policies or rules would not have picked Hmm. in some of the cases. Hmm. And some of them are transactions that were not reported on time and that money went. Hmm. So we have solutions like that. And also... Yeah, but you didn't didn't address the refund part because in in, in these countries I mentioned, one step is the fraud will catch the thing and stop further transactions. The next Mm -hmm. step, once you report, is the bank will refund you, start investigating to see how that money missed, and then that will determine what happens with the money one way or the other. Why do we not have the second part happening here in Nigeria? Okay, sorry that I never mentioned that. Mm. On different occasions, banks have refunded money because there are situations whereby the bank also saw that it would have come from a system challenge that actually they would have prevented that from going through, mm. but their system did not prevent it. And they refund because if they don't refund, the regulators also will come at them. Mm. So banks also do refund. So it's not that we have not refunded. I, I was only speaking. No, to it, it's not about general refunding. It's about um, you know case by case, instantly refunding, then investigating, and then figuring out. Okay, well, this money now you make me the tifa from you. Sorry, eh? And give me my money back. Or okay, this money where they tip from you. Sorry, now we now we oh yeah oh yeah you don't catch us hold the money. You know, I mean, like with each one, we shouldn't have a situation where people are having to call out banks online, do media reports, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. There has to be some sort of system that ensures the customer's money. I hear you. And uh, we have to also be very, very careful because we know the environment we are. If we say whenever a customer account is reported to have been debited unauthorized by the account owner, Mm -hmm. the bank should just refund irrespective of the outcome of the investigation. Believe me, some folks are going to take advantage of that 
connive among themselves, steal money from the account, and the bank will keep on refunding. And to get to a point that we will not have a bank again because we are busy refunding. There has so to be, there has to be some sort of middle ground between yeah. refund so until we we don't have bank anymore and shall refund <laughs> so that I will not have heart attack. My money is missing. <laughs> yes. So, and there are many people in Nigeria today mm -hmm. that own a bank account and they've not fallen victim of this. Yes. So, let us be careful. The bank should also upgrade their security system to ensure that all these abnormal debit, either based on the time of the day, based on transaction pattern, are also protected. Like I say, I said, one thing with fraud is that when it happens in one bank, it affects all banks. Mm. And that is why, as a CISO committee, you see us, we collaborate among each other. We don't compete. <laughs> we are willing to go extra mile to ensure that we reduce the menace of this uh, cyber criminals. All right, let's talk to Lagos so Lagos doesn't riot. 99.3, hello. Hello? Are you there? All right, doesn't look like you are. 99.3? Oh, that's unfortunate. Call back if you can. 99.3? Good evening. Good evening. Um, What's your name? This is Pastor Ladipo. Welcome. From You've got one minute. Talk to me. Yes, I want to use my one minute to ask him a question. I have a transaction. I'm just coming from there now. Mm. It was terrible. It happened on 30th of June. Okay. Now, the bank said they've, the money has gone to the filling station where I got bought it for. Mm. I went to the filling station. They asked me to go and get a printout from the bank. I got the printout I brought to them. They said it is not them, that the bank should have emailed their own bank. But this, now, is, my this, money... but this is not fraud now. We're, we're talking about fraud. This is not fraud. This is a transaction that is hanging somewhere in the banking system. So perhaps not the right avenue for that conversation. 99.3, hello. Hello, Madam Sandra. Thanks for calling. What's your name, ma'am? Good afternoon. Mercy calling from Ukraine. Mercy, talk to me. One minute. So, please, I want to I want to ask our guest about this uh, this freezer app on our mobile phones. Okay. How does someone choosing uh, maybe his or her uh, banking app does it save us from getting fraud, getting defrauded for on our account? What app? Understand? What app? This freezer app. Freezer app. All our mobile phones have this freezer app. So freezer. It was like um. Um, Joyce's show that a one one tech guy talked about that freezer. So I didn't catch up. I catch I catch up at the ending of the show. How do you spell I, freezer? I, ma? How do you spell freezer? Freezer, freezer. You can freeze any app that maybe your mom and your banking app oh. from getting defrauded. Defrauded. Okay. So I want him to elaborate more about that freezer, that very freezer app on our mobile phone. Freezer app on mobile phones. Okay. Um, is this something you know about, Festus? Freezer app? It, it doesn't ring a bell. Okay. 99.3, hello. Hello, Sandra. Good evening. Good evening. What's your name, ma'am? My name is Sharon. Hi, Sharon. I'm calling from Victoria Island. Welcome. So my question is, um, for, some, for those people that are not in the country, mm -hmm. and then their app, the bank that they, that they were using before, Okay, so so my auntie actually is in is in UAE, and at the moment, her account was closed. Um, the app that she was using before, mm. I mean the bank that she was using before, mm -hmm. they blocked the, the phone number. Okay. But then she had money in that account. She had been saving in the account. She called, um, but they said they can't do anything since 
it's over 19, 90 days since she last used the SIM card. But then, is it not, you said the, the um, number has been recycled. So what then can she do I to, see. For, to safeguard her money in that account? Okay, all right. Thank you very much for calling. Festus, that's our final question on the show today. All right, thank you. I think for such a customer that have relocated abroad and you are no longer using your mobile device. Right. Now, you are no longer using your line. Mm. So for such a customer, I think the first thing is to engage the dude to disconnect that mobile line from his account so that the alert from the account does not go to the new subscriber that we inherit that line. I think that is why the gap of 60, uh, 90 days is being put there. So, of course, we also have, banks have solution whereby you now check whether have uh, there been any SIM swap on this account within the past uh, few months so that they can be careful the way they treat that uh, transaction. But for this customer, let him let him engage the bank to uh, dissociate that uh, phone not line from his or her account so that any notification on that account cannot go to the new subscriber. Then the bank, of course, can always work with the, the customer to chart the way forward if they can use the uh, foreign number or uh, register on um, uh, the mobile app with another uh, uh, device. Of course, our device is, is his or our device is still there, just that the phone number changed. Or he can use uh, internet banking also to transact. Hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, that's where we will call it uh, wraps. I know we don't have a lot of time to get into more questions. We've barely got three minutes. Uh, but uh, I'm hoping that I'll be able to drag Festus back on the show and we can, you know, just throw him to Lagos and have Lagos ask him, him all the questions. I won't ask him any question at all if he agrees to come back. Um, you know, we'll just have him talk to Lagos and Lagos will ask all the questions available and he will answer them as best as he can. But Festus, thank you so much for joining us on today's show. Thank you, Sandra, and thank uh, you, Nigeria Info, for this program. Hmm. Lagos, I have just had the chairman of Committee of Chief Information Security Officers of Nigeria Financial Institutions on the show with us, Festus Amede, and he's just answered questions about how you can protect your accounts from fraud. I know we didn't get into as many things I would, as we would have loved to get into, but like I said, we'll bring him back on the show, and hopefully he'll be able to answer all the other questions that we have. I am Sandra Ezekwesili S. Ezekwesili on social media. You've been listening to Hard Facts. Thank you very much. Tomorrow, let's take a trip to the judiciary at 5 o'clock. So we have the Presidential Election Petition Tribunal uh, closing statements currently rolling in. Let's take a look at all the big lines since the process began, where they are at now, and um, what we should be expecting going forward. That conversation will happen tomorrow at 5. Then at Four o'clock, let's talk about the Lagos State Government's plan um, to co-opt you into the business of preventing building collapses. So they want you to join that uh, drive to prevent more buildings collapsing in Lagos. They have a program that they've launched, and we'll talk about that tomorrow at 4 o'clock on Community You Report. Up next is the news at 6. Once the news is done, we'll hand you over to the newsroom for the newsroom. Again, I'm Sandra Ezekwesli. Have yourselves a fantastic evening, Lagos. These... I hard facts.